So welcome to our very first podcast, very first episode of The Marriage Contract with Steph and AJ. Thank you to the one listener out there. Eh, well, you know, you got to start somewhere, so. <laughs> it's true. Don't judge us. Or do. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's what we do, so it's fine. Just judge us. Just judge us. So, for this season, we already have it mapped out, and we're just going to be talking about marriage and, like, what we've learned in our six years of marriage. We've no Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa six, six years? Oh. Wow. That was only that was only five. <laughs> wow. Rude. We've we dated we've known each other for ten years, eleven years. But we've only been married for six of those years. Yeah. So That yeah. sounds that sounds right. Wow. Wow. Okay, well here we go. Well, okay, so just to preface, we are not experts, obviously. But we are hoping that some of this stuff helps other people. Or maybe you're going through the same things and you just want to commiserate. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so our very first episode is things we wish we knew before we got married. So we have eight things. Obviously, there are probably a lot more, but these are the eight that we kind of settled on. Okay. So our first one, and this one was AJ's. A lot of people, especially in the evangelical world you go to a marriage counselor before you get married and it's usually within a church. And if you are not a religious person, maybe you didn't do this, but this was kind of what we had to do. But <laughs> here's the actual thing. Okay. So AJ's is go to an actual therapist for pre-marriage counsel instead of the church counselors. Yeah. So it's one of the things that I've thought about a lot and Looking back at the churches that we've been in and the people we've been around, like maybe they weren't the most qualified. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, like how do you know that? AJ? Well, I don't. Okay, let's be honest. But if you don't have a degree as a psychologist, and I have a friend, a friend of mine, she just graduated Beverly. She just uh -huh. graduated. She's a she's a doctor of psychology. <laughs> she's been going to school for. I think almost as long as I've known her, which has been like 10 years. It's been a long time. And it's like, so she just became a doctor like a week and a half ago. So it took her a long time mm -hmm. to be a doctor doctor. Mm -hmm. And she knows a lot of stuff, like more <laughs> stuff than I know, than I could ever hope to know. So maybe if you haven't gone to school for 10 years to like be a psychologist, maybe... You can't be a therapist, or you shouldn't be. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think like there's counselors. Counselors are good things. Like in our school systems, I think it's good to have a counselor. But we're talking about marriage. Yeah. You know, settling down with somebody. Yeah, and like not that not that counselors are our counselor didn't try to do those things, but right. You know, especially when it's like steeped in the religious aspect instead of like, can we just talk about these two people that are coming together and living under one roof instead of like, Oh, well, make sure that you serve him and do it. Well, you know what? It's really hard to serve somebody who like throws their, <laughs> throws their dirty laundry right beside the laundry basket. <laughs> Well, technically, I don't think I ever throw it beside the laundry basket. I throw it where the laundry basket is supposed to be. What? And if, so if the laundry basket is not where it's supposed to be, wow. then wow. It, yeah, it ends up on the ground. Wow. But one of the things that I, I just saw recently this week, and I don't remember who said it, but we, they were talking about psychology and counseling and these kinds of things. And it's like one of the biggest knocks that I think in the evangelical world against outside, quote-unquote, secular counselors mm -hmm is that it's not steeped in the Bible or it's not, it's a humanistic worldview. Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. well, that's not entirely true. So, right, right. um, a therapist, they're trying to find practical solutions mm -hmm. for your daily life. Right. Like they're not trying to search out your soul right, or these things. Right, like they're right. like to a point, they're wanting to get your backstory and they're wanting to learn about you. 
but they're trying to give you things that will help you in your day-to-day life. Right. And I, th- and I don't know about how anyone else feels, but my day-to-day life is very important. So if someone could help me out with a little, a little questions there or right. give me some thoughts right. or some things I can work on, I think that's definitely a needed thing. Yeah. Instead of just saying, well, the Bible says that when a man and a woman, when they come together, when they become one in these kinds of things, it's like, okay, that's great. But what else? Yeah. So... <laughs> That's like, so what happens when we do fight? Right. Because I don't know about y'all, but me and Stephanie, we, we, okay, we fight. Not like, often. yeah, not like constantly, but yeah, often, often would be a good word choice. So, and I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. of, and we're going to get to that in the future. Yeah. Um, But it's one of those things that I wish somebody would have taught me. Would have would have had the knowledge to prepare me like, hey, just so you know, you're you're gonna disagree. Yes. And here's some practical things to work through it. Yes. It's like instead of just saying, well, this is what the Bible says you should do about anger. It's like, oh, that's great, but give what, me some steps. Can, can yeah. You, can you give me a little? There's got to be a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, obviously, the Bible is good. If you're a religious person, you believe the Bible. <laughs> Obviously, those are good things. Those are good values and things like that. But most people need the guidance along with those principles. Yes. You could take those principles, but like have add the guidance to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that kind of takes us into the next thing. So this is like, you know, we need to know... We need to know some practical things. And along with this was... And this is like... <laughs> Not suitable for children. <laughs> or maybe whatever. I guess it's up to you. This I mean, is this getting... is a podcast about marriage. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening with your eight-year-old, uh, and a little, di- a little yeah. discretion might be warranted. Yeah. Because they're eight and they're not, they shouldn't be getting married or dating somebody. But that's another story altogether. So... So, okay, so this is more for the women. I don't know. It might be for men. I don't know. It depends on if you go into it as a virgin. But this is for if you are like straight up a virgin when you get married. Things that I wish I knew. Something that I wish I knew was that sex can hurt. And you need to talk to a doctor before you get married. If that's the path that you chose to be a virgin until you get married ladies go to your doctor and talk frankly to them because they will talk to you frankly about this stuff get an exam get a pelvic exam do the stuff (laughs) do it and just ask them questions because that goes along with the the counseling because I had I like had my meeting with a a separate lady and I love her and she was nice and everything, but she wasn't a medical doctor and she couldn't tell me all of these extra things. And I came from a very sheltered um, existence. And I mean, I knew about sex, but I didn't know about sex. So it's just like, I also had a doctor that I knew and she told me that because I wasn't sexually active, I didn't ha- need to have an exam and I didn't need all this stuff. And it kind of like skirted around everything. Then when we got to our wedding night, it was... <laughs> it was not great. It was not really a wedding night. So, yeah. Yeah. it kind of So this kind of layers onto the first one. Let's just say simply that professionals are professionals for a reason. There's things that... That people know because they've gone to school for it. And you should talk to them. (laughs) And that's part of seeking out, having wisdom, seeking out knowledge, all these kinds of things. But like our, our first several months of marriage was very... It was um, strange. Yeah, it was... I wouldn't say it was bad because I don't think that like that word doesn't cover it. But it was just... We were unprepared. Yeah. Woefully. Very unprepared. Unprepared. Very unprepared. On our, on our honeymoon, we went to a doctor 
to yeah, yeah I keep wanting to call Obgen, which I guess is yeah, what that's it's what it is. Yeah. So so we went to a gynecologist and had all these things and like, well, nothing's wrong with you. But then they kind of he kind of explained to us what was going on. Was and like, I oh. think he felt bad for us, like, oh, you guys just got married and you don't know this stuff yeah, and so. yeah. And that that too comes from being like in a sheltered environment and this idea that and that goes back to like purity culture and all that stuff and like well keep yourself pure and then all of a sudden when you get married boom you're gonna get it and that's not true so i think that's just go talk go to a doctor and talk to your doctor before you get married so yeah don't you know and it depends like so a little background like we come out of uh, the independent fundamental baptist movement we are no longer part of that movement but that's how we were raised. Mm-hmm. So when you look back, if if you're a person that you you come out of a sheltered background like that, it's very good to find somebody outside of the movement to talk to. Yeah. Because it's needed. Yeah. Um, a pastor is an important person in your life. Your parents are important. Your friends are important. But sometimes you need to talk to a doctor. Yeah. So just well, like you said, yeah. you just need to talk to a professional. Yeah. So. Like people who actually studied this stuff. So Okay, so so go to an actual therapist for premarital counseling. Go to a doctor, ladies or men, I guess, whatever. Now, this third one is actually something like okay, so at my bridal shower they have like, okay, write down a piece of information or a piece of advice for the bride. And several people wrote this down, but I have found that it it to be not true. So the advice that I got from these women was never go to bed angry. And they always use the Bible verse, you know, like, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. But what I have found, especially in our relationship, and it might be different for, well, it is. It's different for everybody, but I feel like a lot of people can relate, is that you can go to bed angry. Sometimes it helps to calm down, go to sleep, put some time in between that harsh conversation and reality, almost. You can come at it with a fresh perspective. Uh, Maybe when you wake up, you're like, wow, that was really dumb. It wasn't even that bad. And then it allows for... I think it allows for grace. What do you think? I agree. So, it's, so for me, and it's, <laughs> it's, we experienced this today. So <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. That's true. Wow, okay. <laughs> I, it wasn't... We weren't taking a nap and we weren't going to bed. But we experienced this issue today yes. where we had, we had a situation arise and... So, well, let's just break it down. So, I wanted to buy a new grill today because my grill is, it's awful. I bought it on Facebook for like 40 bucks. It's its several years old. <laughs> so, I decided today, I was like, I want this specific grill. So, like, it was sold out everywhere. So, we went down all the way to the Ace, an hour away. Because they said, well, we have one. So, we drove there. They didn't have one. So, as we were sitting there in the car, trying to figure out what we are going to do, we had it was me and Stephanie and our and our daughter Piper. Piper is mm. two, two and a half, I guess. But she's still she's very small. And our other two children weren't with us. They were with Mimi's and Pops, Stephanie's grandparents. So when I was trying to figure out what we we're gonna do, the grandparents called and said, "Hey, we just went by your house and you're not there." He's like, "Well, yeah, we're not there because we're out getting a grill." Like I te- like Stephanie texted you about earlier, and it was like I was really frustrated. Because my biggest thing was like, do not text people. Just please hate call. calling people. No, do not <laughs> at me about that because I hate calling people. <laughs> but and to me, I want you to call. I need you to call. Yeah. It is Ugh. super important. Dude, don't call me. <laughs> text me, please. <laughs> but so all the way home, we finished listening to the podcast. But I was upset, oh, and yeah. I was not ready to talk about it. I was just I needed to just decompress, and this and it was silly. It's a silly thing to be upset about. But that's my personality. That's my type. That's my Enneagram type, which we'll pro- we might get yeah, into that. Until we definitely will. But that's part of who I am. And Stephanie knows that because we've talked about it before. So instead of Stephanie making me pull over and stop so we could discuss this right yeah. now, she let me be a butthole. 
and be quiet. <laughs> I wasn't, I was trying not to be passive aggressive. I was just sitting there just being grumpy, grumpy cat. That's how our relationship is. So when we have a fight right before bed, it will not do any good. For us to stay up even later. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes we do. Like, sometimes we do. Like on really, really huge issues, sometimes we do. But if we realize either yes. one of us is deflecting because we just we don't yeah. want to deal with it. Right. As right. opposed to we have dealt with it but we're just angry about yeah. it, it's different. Yes. So we always try to get to the root that night. Yeah. And we might not say our whole piece. We'll go to bed and we'll think about it. Well sometimes we'll go to bed and we'll just lie there. Mm-hmm. And we might fall asleep or whatever, and then one of us wake up, yeah. and then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. But or one of us take a shower for like a long time, yeah. And then we'll come out, and we're like, okay, and then we'll finally talk about. It. So, but it's okay. Yeah, you don't have to sit there angrily and force yourselves to figure it out. No, take a break, go for a walk, go yeah. to bed. But that whole this that's dumb. You don't have to let the sun go down in your wrath. That's it's not even what it's talking about. Yeah, that's but not the context. Straight out of context. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, we, we try to teach kids all the time, okay, well, if, if you're angry, count backwards from 10. But we don't practice that in our own lives. No. So it's okay to step away. Like, you don't have to be right on top of each other and, like, figure it out right now, you know. And, two, like, look, if you're not fighting in your marriage, like, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> well, and I don't want to be your friend. So right, yeah, right. Like if if you're not a passionate couple, right, then there's a reason why we don't ever talk to you. So <laughs> wow, I'm just saying. Oh, we're gonna edit that one out. <laughs> if you if you're sitting around thinking, oh, how come AJ said he's never our friends or never invited us over? It's because you're it's because you're boring. Wow, no, we that's need... not true. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Well, but it's funny because I think somebody. We have some close friends that they they pick at each other all the time. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, how do they even love each other? Because they just pick on each other all the time. Well, that's like how they flirt. Yeah. And so, like, and people have said that to us, like, oh, they fight all the time. Well, it's not that we're fighting all the time. It's just that we're two humans that yeah. are around each other all the time. It's just what happens. So anyway, okay. That was a little bit off topic, but you can definitely go to bed angry if it's, you need to yeah. just get some space, clear your head and then revisit the issue later. All right. Number four, this, this is kind of funny because we have three of them, but things we wish we knew before we got married, you don't have to have children to be complete. You can be a family with just two people. You don't have to have children. I think about this all the time. We actually said it today when, oh man, we're going to get so many messages like, oh, you hate your kids. <laughs> no, I but, don't hate them, but Lord have mercy, do they get on my nerves? <laughs> yeah. So. They're definitely going through some weird things right now, but. Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, we have, at this as of today, we have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. Yeah. The oldest two are boys. The The littlest one is a girl. It's awful. It's yeah. when, when they're most, all... Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. When they're all just... Whew. Well, and right now, you know, like, we're, we're home together. We've been home since COVID yeah. struck. So, yeah. So it's been a lot, but I think that, and going back to, and we're going to talk a lot about our religious background just because that's what we know, but going back to that, you know, growing up, children, you had to, you, we were taught about having children and like how to be a good mom and going to college, we went to a, a Bible college and that was the whole thing, you know, the whole, your whole purpose, especially for women is to get married and have children. But, you know, that's, that's not true. Like, you don't have to have children. And I think sometimes, too, you, like, you get in this rut of, like, it's almost like a competition. Like, oh, everybody's having kids. I have to have a kid, too. And you rush into it, and then you're like, whoa, wasn't prepared. Not like you're ever prepared, but, you know, don't... I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, you shouldn't feel bad, like, if you don't want to have children or you can't have children, or maybe you don't want to have biological children, you know, whatever. 
you don't have to have children to be complete. Yeah, so often I think children can become idols, mm-hmm. and not necessarily not necessarily like to the the husband and wife that are having the children, but maybe to their families. Yes, like yes. that. The only reason why they've pushed you to get married is because they 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 need to have grandchildren yeah. or something. Yeah, ridiculous. Like in. And so often I think we write that off like, well, they're just, you know, they're just joking around. Yeah. But it creates that culture of, well, if you don't have a child, then yeah. I won't love you as much. Yeah. yeah. And you can say, well, AJ, that's stepping too far or whatever. It's like, but is it? Because if that's how that's if that's how it makes you feel, does that make it wrong? Right. So that's one of the things to think about. So you don't have to have children to be complete. I think we both have friends that are married that don't have any children and mm-hmm. they're fine. Yeah. And oh, they yeah. live great lives and they serve people and they, have, and they love people. Yeah. And, and they get like, to travel and do all kinds of cool stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're super jealous of all of you that get to travel. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like, especially when I've talked to young couples, I say young couples, like I'm super old, but wow. So I like when I've talked to people before they have children and I'm like, look, you, once you have a kid, you don't get to just like jump in your car at 10 o'clock and go see a movie or just pick up because you want to go um, out to eat or whatever. Like children change everything. So don't feel bad for not wanting them. Yeah. <laughs> I think we there's definitely that pressure and you should never feel bad for not wanting children. No. And, and this kind of rolls into it too because I think it's it's so pushed on people to have children that whenever people are able to, it, right. it really creates a really dangerous stigma in yes. people's marriages. Yes. And it's one of those things where, let's be honest, it's, it's none of your business. <laughs> That's so true. So <sighs> it's just like, you know, as soon as we had our first kid, people were like, well, when are you having your next one? And come to find out like our, 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 our two oldest, they're 13 <laughs> months apart. Yeah, 13. <laughs> so, like, Almost Irish yeah, twins. It was pretty. It was pretty quick. Yeah. And but you know, there's all kinds of things that go along with that, like the comments you hear, things that it's. I don't know about other husbands and wives, but there's been times I wanted to people just to shut up. And frankly, there's been times where I've told people to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so. But. And we'll definitely we that is another episode is we're going to talk about marriage and children, but this just something to think about before you get married is you don't. I think a lot of people are like, okay, I got married. Now what's the next step? Well, there doesn't have to be a next step. You can just like be married. Yeah. Like that's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of, and that's and that's the whole philosophy. Um, yeah. Philosophy is that you know your life is always increasing and and getting. Uh-huh. It's like it's a it's a it's a massive curve that we're going up. When really it's okay to plateau and hang out for a little bit. Yeah. And good grief, I wish we would have. But yeah. <laughs> And it didn't work. And like, we're not saying, we're not saying that we would. Yeah. Please don't be like, oh, they hate their kids. It's not what it is. It's just like when you, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, we wish that we wish that we would have just waited a little. And And there were some circumstances like personally in our, in our, you know, extended family. And there was just, there was, there was a lot of pressure and we felt the pressure and pressure happened so <laughs> the pressure happened wow that's an interesting thing <laughs> all right okay okay moving on okay and this actually has to do with kind of it coincides with the last point is uh you don't let your extended family make your life decisions for you especially if you're getting married young oh it's so easy so easy to allow your extended family your parents your grandparents to push you into these huge life decisions that you should be making with your spouse yeah. or yourself before you get married. Yeah, there's a lot that goes in. And it's so don't let anyone else tell you where you should live. Mm-hmm. Don't t- And not just like the house you should live in or the apartment, but where you should live in in the world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. At all. It's, it's, it's your marriage. It's your life. Start it off and do it your way. Like yeah. don't don't let anyone come in and tell you never. And and this and this has been told to us, and we've talked about it with other people. I mean, I bet ninety percent of the time, when people get married, yeah, 
Now I'm just making that up, but it sounds pretty good. So, well, I guess if it was a good statistic, it'd be like 84% or something. <laughs> I could see. So, but so wow. like, whatever you think about like that, that so many of our friends that we've been with, that we've been around, it's one of the things that comes up in conversations. Like yeah. how many of us, when we first got married, we lived around our families. And, you know, there's a lot of good things about that. Like you're close to people you know. And things like that. And I'm not saying that it's terrible to, yeah. but it should be your choice to. Right. And it becomes, it can almost become like a crutch. Even like moving back here from Indiana, it was nice because AJ worked out of town a lot and I had uh, two children. I was pregnant. And so it was nice that my family was around and they've been very helpful. But, you know, we've gone through a lot of like change in our lives. And had we have been like completely separate from our families, both of our families, I think that things would have looked a lot different. Yeah. And maybe it wouldn't have been any better. And this is this is where, like, the naivety of it, because we were very young, and also, like, you need to know who you are. If you're a Christian, you need to know who you are in Christ before you try to make these big decisions, because I think that's a part of it is you just, you rely on everybody else to kind of make those decisions for you. And, and there was a lot of stuff and we, we will definitely talk about this in another episode about like figuring out who you are, who you are as a couple, things like that. And it's hard to figure those things out when you have your family kind of breathing down your neck a little bit. And I don't want to make this sound like, you know, our families were terrible people, but it's just, it's how it is. And I think, I think a lot of people can say that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's and that's all and that's all that we're saying with this is, and this goes and this bleeds into in your marriage, in general, like just make sure you're making the the major life decisions or honestly the minor life decisions. Yeah. Make sure you're making it with your spouse. Yeah. Because you married your spouse. Right. Period. Not anyone else. <laughs> you married your spouse. Right. So make sure you're having those conversations. Yeah. And there's been a lot of things and. Not that you can't ask you know, someone else's opinion about it. But at the end of the day, it should be your, your decision. What's best for you and your family, not what's best for you and everyone else. That's right. Yeah. And it, and it should also, when we were talking about it's, it's okay to talk to somebody, it's yeah. okay for me as a person to go ask somebody for their opinion. It is not okay to allow your family to just give you their opinion whenever they feel like it. Yes. Don't let it happen. Like, nip it in the bud quick. Because yeah. you don't want to be married for six years. That's what you said. Six years. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and still be going with those things. <laughs> so, that's just one of those things that you just be aware. Yeah. Make your own decisions. Be your own people. It's, if you need some help, if you want some counseling, that's fine. But make sure you seek it out in such a way that it's all it's all through you. It's not unsolicited advice because nobody wants unsolicited advice. Right. Nobody. Right. If you do, you're strange. Yeah, that's odd. And <laughs> send us an email because we probably want to talk to you because that sounds like a great conversation. Because <laughs> so, I got a oh, lot yeah. of unsolicited advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. All right. So the next one, and maybe we should have done this earlier, but here we are. So the next one is marriage doesn't solve your problems. And I think we definitely fell into this because um, AJ, so AJ and I have known each other for 10 years. We met at college, but we were long distance. We long distance dated for the majority, the majority of, of it. Yeah. And like all with but that, like two semesters. Yeah. <laughs> but with that comes a whole bunch of problems, misunderstandings. I mean, there were just a ton of problems. Yeah. And I think we thought that getting married, let's just hurry up and get married and it'll just solve all these issues that we have. And we realized once we got married, that, okay, so funny story. A week after we got back from our honeymoon, we had just moved into our house. Like I just like unpacked the last thing and we had this huge blowout. I don't even know what the problem was, but like I went, I went in the room and I started packing up all of my stuff. I was ready to go. So like, don't think and like obvious. And I think a lot of people have had, my aunt told me she had 
she had a similar experience. Yeah. So I think people feel that way sometimes, especially when you first get married, because there's a lot of emotion in that. But don't think that all these little problems are just going to go away. It doesn't solve anything. Yeah. Don't. And not that you, like, you're always working on those problems, but don't just think that they're magically going to go away. That's true. Just be aware. Yeah. Yeah, because there's there's things that, it's one of those things I think that ties along well with this, is that the issues you have when you're dating are magnified when you're married. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, because you're living with each yeah. other. So it's like, and that, and that goes into everything. Like, we can go back and talk about all the <laughs> issues we had when we were dating. But there's a, there's a couple of things I think of like we had we had some issues of unfaithfulness when we were dating, mm-hmm. and that came out when we were married. Not yeah. to the same extent, maybe, but we knew we had to keep each other to a higher account. Right. And there's been some things that happened, and that and we've had to work through that. So don't think as soon as you get married that all that yeah. stuff goes away. Yeah. Goes away. Right. Right. Because it doesn't. All it does is it creates a larger issue down the road. <laughs> yeah. So. And I, and we're gonna be the first one to tell you that we're not perfect people. Oh no, at all. Nope. Nope. And we don't we don't try to say that we're anything because we're not. We're just here to be real with y'all. Yeah, and like we want this to we want this to be helpful. Like we said at the beginning, you know, just even if you just want to be like, oh, huh, wow, look, other people do that too. Yeah. So. <laughs> but so. Anyway, okay, so number seven. So I said that there were eight, but there's actually nine. So I miscounted. So we are on number seven now. No. Yes. Number seven. Okay, this one was AJ's. You are both wrong about most things, except that, so you can compromise. Yeah. So that's one of the things that's really tough. I think, and not just for for guys or whatever, because that's how we're portrayed like Mm -hmm. well you know guys are hard to you know come to grips with the fact that they could be possibly wrong and i think that that goes back to toxic masculinity and things like which we'll get to guys don't worry (laughs) about like oh that's coming (laughs) but when we talk about those kinds of things that we're both wrong and how it's like well aj how do you know that that i'm wrong well if you're young (laughs) and you got married there's a lot of stuff you don't know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of stuff. And even if you're old and you get married, or even if you're 70 when you get married, there's a lot that you don't know yet. Be- so the whole premise of this point is that going to marriage knowing that you're wrong about stuff and that your spouse is wrong about stuff, and that's okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't first of all, I don't think you should ever marry someone that you completely 100% agree with because there's probably a level of manipulation involved in there. Yeah, and that can um, lead to abuse. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So it's okay for you to have differing opinions. Look, me and Stephanie, like, we've come together on a lot of opinions over the years. Yeah. And even like this podcast. <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, yeah, he didn't want yeah. to do this. <laughs> but, but so like whenever we think about these, like there's been a lot of stuff like where we've had to compromise on. And that's what marriage... That's the the premise of marriage is it's it's always a compromise. It's going to be a compromise of your time. It's a compromise of your finances. It's a compromise of your dreams, of your ideals, yeah. of everything. So starting into it, just realize that whatever grand plan dream you have in your mind for your new family with your spouse, it's wrong. <laughs> it's not, and not a little bit wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's wrong. Yeah. So and that and it's okay. Because that's how life is. Okay, for like, for example, AJ's mom likes to tell me about this a lot. But before we got married, I think we were engaged. He, AJ was like ironing his shirt or something like that. And he was like, oh, I can't wait till I get married and my wife can do this for me. Well, (laughs) sorry, that's not happening. That wasn't reality. (laughs) And so he was wrong about that. And that's just something like, you just, like, I don't know, maybe those are expectations or whatever like but also he never asked me like hey will you always iron my shirts which thankfully he doesn't wear those kind of shirts anymore to where they need to be ironed but (laughs) and to be fair now that we're married and i've watched stephanie iron some of my shirts i'm glad she doesn't iron them for me because i don't like the way that she does it wow (laughs) i'm just doing it the way i was taught yeah so anyway like so there's just things that you you just have to accept that 
you know, you might not be right about. And it's a like, but I think this is like with every relationship, whether it's marriage or friendship, like you just have to be okay with being wrong sometimes. And, and if the, if one person is wrong, the other person shouldn't like rub their nose in it. Yeah. But just, you know, cause we're human, right? So yeah, it is, we're wrong. yeah, there's a lot that goes into it and, and there's a lot we can say about this because even, even like me, I'm a natural, I'm a natural skeptic about uh-huh. every, literally everything. So to me, it's, it's harder for me to admit that I'm wrong because I've, I've invested so much time studying about something yeah. or researching something, but, and maybe my information is, has, isn't wrong, but the tone that I've had mm-hmm. or the way that I've presented those ideas or the way I've tried to just run over my wife because I knew that I was right and she was wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, that's wrong. Yeah. And that's part of the compromises. Even, even if you know that you're right and you know that your spouse is wrong, it does not get you to give you the right to bulldoze them. Yeah. That is not okay. That does not create a loving Christ-like marriage. Right. It doesn't. Right. That's good. Okay. Number eight. So this kind of goes along with the uh, last one was pick your freaking battles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And this kind of, and this will bleed into our last point about the, the Enneagram, but just like knowing who I am, I like to be like, I'm super mellow. And then all of a sudden, like, I just let things build, 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 build. And then all of a sudden I just like start screaming about, I don't know, hair in the sink or something like that. Yeah. So like, there's just, there's just (laughs) things that you, you just pick your battle. And we say this with our kids too, right? Like, I'm trying to think of an example. AJ's the one that always has to pick his battles with the kids. <laughs> yeah, because to me, everything's a battle. So even something silly like tonight, Wyatt, our middle son, he was taking forever Oh yeah, to yeah. get his toothbrush. Yes. And to me, how, how I want to be is just, look, I told you to get it. And so then my next step is I want to say it louder. Yeah. And then my next step is I'm going to go in there and see what in the world is taking right. so long. And you forget that he's three. Yeah, he's three. Um, a long time. Yeah. And it's, and it's bedtime. And right. this is not the time to have this kind of a of a breakdown with my yeah. three-year-old. No. Because I'm trying to get him to calm down. Right. If he's being silly, I'm trying to corral him in. Yeah. And that should be the that should be what I'm trying to do instead of battling with him over right. this right. this really dumb thing. Right. And so, like, you know, you do that in your marriage, too. Like, okay, like, even going back to, like, you missing the hamper or whatever with your clothes. Like, sometimes, like, that's just not a battle I want to I wanna fight with you. So, you know what? I don't mind bending over and picking it up. Like, and there is not to say that I have never blown up about it, but... Like, there are some times where you just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm just going to pick it up, I guess. And I guess you could go into saying like, okay, that's a part of being like, you know, a servant. And not like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying that the wife should be the servant. But like, you're just having a servant spirit, like in general. Like, I'm not going to fight with you about this. I'm just going to do it for you. Well, and I I think it it brings upon the idea of giving the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like, like maybe I wasn't intentionally doing it. Right. So, because for the most part, I don't intentionally do most things. Because right. I'm very intentional in all the things that I do. Right. So, if, unless if I place them somewhere, and we've, good Lord, we've had this conversation a lot. <laughs> like, I'll place clothes beside my bed because I'm going to go, I'm going to put them back on. And then I'll come back to them several days later (laughs) and I would get upset because we're a guy but (laughs) but some of those things is like because I know that there's a lot of times when I don't put my stuff in the hamper and and sometimes it's because we're talking or one of the kids is there with me Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to jump in the shower real quick because I gotta go mow or weed or something right or I'm trying to get ready so we can have dinner and all kinds of stuff and I'm just in a hurry and Part of part of picking your battles is always remember to extend the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and be understanding. Yeah, just be understanding about like. Don't know, expect perfection. They, yeah. all the time. And like, 
you know, be understanding about like maybe you had a rough day or whatever. So I don't know, just pick your battles because some of them are not worth it. And then you have to go to bed angry. (laughs) So, yeah. And we're definitely not saying to bottle up your emotions and put them down and like ignore the things. Right. But there's a lot of times where you can, where, you know, like, okay, we're just on the hamper thing right now. So (laughs) like, you know, maybe I can like, I'll, it might make me angry at first, but I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm choosing not to be angry about this. I'm just going to pick it up. And then maybe I can calm down and just be like, hey, can you remember to just put your stuff in the laundry basket? So, and then you can, and then it's like, then you're creating like that uh, peaceful conversation about it instead of screaming to each other about it. And then, you know, and that's not healthy. No. Yeah. So, and that, and that's true a lot of times. So is that, and I'm not saying that Stephanie's better or worse when she yells at me versus when she doesn't, (laughs) but it, it does help our night go easier when we extend that grace to another. Like if I come home and like, it's a wreck because we have three small children, it does no good for me to say, what, how come you haven't cleaned up this house or what have you been doing all day? Like that accusation. Yeah. That's not a battle to fight. I'll punch you in the throat. (laughs) But, too, but AJ doesn't say that to me because he knows that I don't like that. And, like, I try to keep a clean house. So, like, he just doesn't say that unless he's joking, which that's a whole other thing. But, (laughs) you know. But I think that just, so, okay, so picking your battles, learning about how other people are going to respond, that kind of goes into our very last point. And that is learn... The Enneagram. And I know that this is kind of the buzz topic of, especially millennials, it's like uh, the Enneagram. But for real, when I say, and this is super cliche, but when I say personally that the Enneagram has changed my life, I mean it. It really, truly has changed my life outside of, you know, whatever, getting married or whatever like that. It really has helped me understand who I am and understand other people and how to interact with people. And the cool thing about the Enneagram is it's it's different than all of the other like personality tests because it's it's focused on your motivation, not just like, oh well this is just things that I do. Yeah. So so the Enneagram we we'll have a whole episode about this and maybe I can um convince my friend Melanie to be a guest on that one because she's like super into it and she knows a lot of it. But so the Enneagram is like there's nine different types and everybody really falls into one of them. You can have a little bit of everything, but you really your motivations are uh, a specific type. So I am a 9. And the nines are peacemakers. I don't like conflict. I stay away from that. I like to sleep a lot. <laughs> I don't like with conflict. Instead of, instead of like facing the conflict on, head on, I will ignore it until it gets really bad. <laughs> and that that's the unhealthy side of it. But so that's just so knowing that about myself, I can say, okay, Stephanie. You keep wanting to put this off, like with AJ or something like with with the situation with AJ. I want to put this conflict off, put it off, put it off. And then I begin to become passive aggressive to him instead of just talking about it. But now because I know that about myself and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to become passive aggressive. So I'm just going to talk about it with him and try to be, try to be sincere and non-judgmental, whatever. So for me, that's what's helped me personally with the Enneagram. Well, it's like, talk about yeah. So, and before I jump into mine, one of the things that it's helped me, I like this week, I was reading something about how to, how to deal with a nine when she's, when not when she's stressed, but when a nine is stressed. <laughs> and one of the things, because it's so, because, okay, four is like, I'm a five. So as a five, I am the, I had to just look at the book because I can never remember what's called. I, it's the investigative thinker. <laughs> so is that little catchphrase about it. But so I'm a five and that's who I am. So because of that, whenever Stephanie is stressed, I just wanted to like, hey, just like break it down. Tell me what's bothering you. 
But because Stephanie's a nine, she doesn't, <laughs> she's not going to do that. No. So she's absolutely not going to tell me exactly what's going on. And, and maybe it's because she doesn't know exactly what's going on with her within herself because there's too much turmoil. Yeah. And like there's these kind of things. So, so because I know that about my wife, whenever I know that she's stressed, we just have to sit down and I just have to sit down and listen and let her speak. Yeah. And... And does that mean I have to listen to my wife just, maybe she just, maybe Stephanie just rambles for a little bit because she's just, it's just her brain trying to work through everything. And it's my job just to sit there and listen. Yeah. And I know people say that, like, if you would just listen, it would help. But it's especially important to a nine that, that I sit there and I listen because I can help because I'm a five. So as a five, I'm that investigative thinker. So I'm a researcher. I want to know things. I I have to, I'm always gathering knowledge. I'm wanting to know more. And so for me, it really helps. But like, but knowing that about yourself, like knowing that, okay, I, you're five and like, okay, I, I just want to like figure this out for you. Yeah. But knowing that about yourself and then also knowing that I'm a nine, you know, that, Okay, she doesn't need that yeah. for me. So yeah, yeah, my wife does not need me to yeah. tell her how she's feeling. Right. I need to sit there and listen to right. her. Right, and so I think that's what's been so awesome about this is just like, it just it really helps with interpersonal relationships. I think when I was working, I think it's it helped me like knowing other people's types that I worked with. I could say, okay, we have this issue. I have an issue with this coworker, but I know if I go to her in this manner, she'll shut down Yeah. and we won't get this thing figured out. But if I go to her in this, in this way, I know that we'll, we can work it out. And I think that's really, I think it's super beneficial. So, and there's a lot of people who are like, well, the Enneagram, it just puts me in a box and I don't, I don't feel that way. And I don't either. And I was, and I'll be the first one to tell you. Yeah, he, didn't, was, he did not like the Enneagram. Not, because, yeah, and, and that goes back to that skepticism and everything else, which come to find out that's one of the main key marks of a five. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things where now that I've, I've learned about it and I've continued to learn about it, is that it's really helped me understand myself and yes. my own core motivations and it's helped us too because like one of the things that I need to do is that I I literally run out of energy for uh, conversation and relationships in general very quickly. Yes. Like even this podcast, it takes, it's a lot. It takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't, because this is, it's not who I am. My, my battery is low when it comes to relationships. Right. Like I only have so much. I, it's, and it's really interesting like the more I study about it, the more it's really helped me understand myself, mm-hmm. which is is amazing. Um, because to me, self awareness is such a massive tool that everybody needs to work on in their life. Right. And to know who you are is extremely important. So, because I'm a five, so first of all, I've run out of energy really quickly. My life is very compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is it can live inside of its own little box inside of myself. It's like so. For instance, listen to podcasts. And I say this because we're on a podcast now. So <laughs> we listen, really love podcasts. Yeah, so I'm listening to podcasts. But Stephanie really loves podcasts in that she'll listen to them literally all day long. Yeah. To me, it doesn't matter how much I enjoy the podcast. I can only listen to it for a short amount of time. And then my brain stops and I need to switch to something else. Yeah. Because I just can't. I just, I need, I, I'm always striving for balance. So it's like, well, if I listen to a podcast for an hour, well, now I'm gonna listen to music for an hour, or if I listen to if I listen to music on the way into work, on the way home, I'm gonna listen to a podcast, and it's just it's always trying to strive. Or for even that just balance. like shutting down and not listening to anything. Yes. For you, well, okay, so like one quick example because we are going to talk about the enneagram and marriage later on, but before I knew what AJ, what AJ's type was he did this really super annoying thing where he would come home after work and I would be working all day too. And I would come home and I'd have to cook dinner and I'm, the kids are still screaming and he would walk in the door and he would come into the bedroom and he would shut the doors and go to the bathroom and then take a shower. And then all of a sudden it's like two hours later and he's just sitting in 
the bedroom on the on the bed on his phone. I don't and know if it was two hours. Maybe it like was pretty hour. long. But, and it would drive me crazy. And that's when, you know, like, picking your battles or whatever. Like, I would just, like, explode. Like, what are you doing? Get out of here. I'm dying. And, but, so learning that he was a five. And so a five, like, they say that they start their day out with, like, 20% battery. <laughs> So he was like depleted when he came home. Like he didn't want to talk to anybody. So knowing that about AJ, I could say, and, and him knowing that about himself, we could sit down and come to a compromise and say, okay, I know you have to recharge for a minute. So you get 30 minutes, go in, take a shower, but you have to come out yeah. and you have to help me and you have to do, and it like was, it was honestly a switch just just because we knew that about each other yeah. and i knew and he knew that he just had to he needed to just be alone and but knowing that knowing that about him now it just i don't know it just makes things a lot easier yeah it's one of the things that i've been trying to work on lately too is that trying to build that time into like maybe my drive home like maybe mm-hmm. on my drive like home, decompressing them. yeah, yeah. I, maybe I don't listen to anything at all. So like honestly, there's been a lot of days where I'm just, I just drive in silence, and it makes you kind of feel like a, a serial killer, <laughs> <laughs> just like driving down the road for an hour with nothing going on. But I found that whenever I come home, then like then I'm recharged a little bit and I'm ready to engage again, yeah. and and I can tell the difference in my life when the when those are the things that I do, and then some days I just can't. But because we know that about each other, we're able to extend that grace of, okay, well, I understand. Just yeah, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I it's really it has changed my life. It's changed our relationship. It's it's very beneficial. If you are interested in the Enneagram, a good book to start out with. Most of the people that I have talked to, they have said like, don't take the test because you can be mistyped because it. It's not really uh, based on your motivation. So I would suggest picking up the book, uh, The Road Back to You. It's pretty lighthearted and it just kind of, it helps you figure out your type. And then a really great marriage and Enneagram book that I read was Becoming Us. It's really good. It's just, it's a really good uh, read. Good to read together. Your Enneagram coach, if you follow them on Instagram, they talk a lot about the Enneagram and marriage, and I've learned a lot from them. So, anyway, well, so that's it. That's our conversation about things we wish we knew before we got married. So, we hope that you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I guess you can let us know. If you did, give us a give us a little subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen. <laughs> we got to come up with an ending. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. Yeah, just give us a little grace here, guys. Yeah. So, so we're just we're just a couple people with several children just trying to help other people out. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty good. We're doing the best we can. Yeah. So thanks for listening and we'll have another one out soon. See ya. <laughs>